Purge streaming reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 52. Should be right around a year by now. We're at a year. I'm saying it. You're saying it. Yeah. We're doing this for a year. Yeah, a little little more, actually, because we did a best of and we, we missed a week because of the nonsense that's going on. Now, you're, you're doing okay. You're healthy, right? Well, physically. Now, now I, I took Demo's temperature when he came in. Uh, tonight just to make sure and I again I apologize I don't have a uh, oral thermometer oh is that what that was <laughs> yeah I've been saving that joke for like <laughs> four days wow congratulations <laughs> thank you it but killed I'm glad yeah <laughs> who knows I'm glad I'm glad you're uh, glad you're doing okay man I'm glad we're both healthy and, I hope uh, all our listeners are okay too yeah you know? man because I'm sort of to the point now I'm over it I think we're all yeah. over it but I'm really over it now here's the thing and Frank right she spent two years in her attic, couldn't make a peep, and we're like, I can't go a month without a haircut, right? <laughs> Seriously, we're, 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 we're ridiculous. I'm so upset I can't go to the Cheesecake Factory, dude. It's, I mean, I can practically see it from here, and I'm not allowed to go there. What are you going to order? I'm curious. What, what, uh, what do you like bar- there? Double barbecue bacon burger. Okay. Fries and uh, Snickers cheesecake. Snickers cheesecake. Yeah. I like the uh, vanilla bean myself. I say this as a former employee. What yeah. about the avocado egg rolls? No? Uh, hit or miss. Actually, really? you know what I really like is the nachos. But oh, okay. A- anyway, this episode brought to you by the Cheesecake Factory, so. Yeah, they love sponsoring. <laughs> we'll go, we'll go. The Cheesecake Factory is the last place that would sponsor me because, you know, I spent, hey, here's the thing. I did meet my girlfriend there, so that's the one good thing I'll say about the Cheesecake yeah. Factory and some wonderful friends. So, are we going to talk about anything related to television? Well, let's I'm asking real, that of myself and you. Yeah, well, real quick. So the whole coronavirus thing has changed the landscape even further lately, which you were going to talk about real quick. I am. Just announced the Academy Awards for the first time ever, and just for this year, are going to allow movies that did not screen in a movie theater that only streamed online to be eligible for an Oscar. So that's a big thing. That's a huge thing because typically... For a movie to be eligible for an Academy Award, it has to play in either a theater in Los Angeles or New York for a week. It has to do seven days. Yes, that's right. And now they're saying this year, we're going to just throw it out there. If you're a streamer, you're eligible or something like that. Now, here's the thing. Hey, Netflix, if you can't win an Oscar this year, give it up. Like they are, they are saying, hey, now's your chance, Netflix. Win Best Picture here. I don't see how they couldn't. I mean, I don't know what none of us know what's going to be included, but have they heard about 818? They have not. Well, that's and on Amazon. That I mean, it is. I guess it came out too. Well, there's early, something though. where it's like you originally had to have a, a distribution deal, but you scrapped it and you're going to stream it instead. You can't just be a streamer. You had to have a theatrical distribution thing lined up and then you don't anymore. What if distributors like wouldn't respond to your emails or phone calls? Does that count? Yes, you're in. <laughs> you're in. Oh, no. also, uh, a good friend of mine finally watched 818 the other night. Oh, yeah? And uh, he really liked it. 
Yeah, I, uh, it was crazy. He's the only thing he didn't like. He said uh, there was the, the one character that I didn't think I didn't understand or get was the the therapist guy. Oh, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm just kidding. No, I got I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got a I got a weird uh, kind of random message from somebody I hadn't talked to or seen in a long time that watched it too. I mean. The stuff's out there. People are going to stumble across it at some point. So Right. But it is the year of the streamers because of what's happened. So stream away, folks. The yeah. Oscars next year are going to be nutty. I cannot wait. It's going to be a there free-for-all. We don't know for sure, but there might not be. Like they're saying Top Gun's going to come out Christmas Eve. Maybe, maybe not. Like, December 23rd. Oh, 23rd. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm off by one day. Mm -hmm. Who knows, man? I mean, because everything's pushed. Now you're going to get all that summer crap in Oscar season. Yeah. It's, it's going to be nuts. I can't wait. I can't, it's, it's so like, no one knows. I, I kind of, yeah. I kind of love it. I don't love the fact that I can't go see a movie, but I do love the, the chaos, the uncertainty of it makes things interesting. Yeah. It's stuff's getting shaken up and that has to happen every once in a while, I guess. Right. Yep. Hey, we, we, uh, missed something the other day. You we did. To? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. In our 50th episode, we had people call in, our uh, loyal listeners, and they left a voice message for us. Right. I missed one of them, and it was from a real devoted listener. His name is Neil. I met him uh, through my friend Scott. He also works at South Park. This guy's been with us since day one. He even texted me and said, uh, hey, dude, what happened? And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I totally spaced. So, Neil, I'm sorry. I'm going to play it for you now. Here we go. Hey Demo and Joe, it's Neil. Uh, I met Demo at Scotty's party, so thanks for the little shout out like 10 episodes ago. Anyway, uh, congratulations on episode 50. I've uh, listened to them all, and every time I do, I'm relieved at all the time I've saved for not watching all this junk on TV. So thank you for your public service. Anyway, keep it up, and have just effects on your show. See you later, bye. You know, in hindsight, maybe we didn't need to play it. <laughs> no that was very nice i'm kidding i'm kidding neil i'm kidding that was a great a great message we uh, totally appreciate it man i Thank figured you. he'd have some kind of jab at me but uh no that was very complimentary thanks for calling neil. yeah neil thank you uh once again we apologize for forgetting to play it it's my bad thank you for listening and uh, i hope we've made amends here moving on okay so i got a movie just came out like i don't know two days ago maybe uh, called Extraction on Netflix. Mm -hmm. This has been promoted pretty heavily. This stars Chris Hemsworth, real hunk, right? Yeah. I have mixed feelings about this. Now, do you like the Bourne movie, like Jason Bourne movies and stuff? I do. Okay. That's kind of what this goes for. Here's the problem I have with it. Everything is good about it. It looks cool. The action is... Um, really well shot. It's a total like kick-ass kind of movie, right? And Chris Hemsworth is great. The kid, he's he's in um the Middle East rescuing a kid from a hostage situation. He's India, a, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And he's he's a mercenary. I had a little bit of an issue with this movie. Uh in fact, I couldn't even finish it because about 40 minutes in, I had seen seriously probably 100 people get their brains blown out at close range. Mhm. Mm the violence is so off the charts and I never thought I would say anything like this because I like action movies and I understand military people get shot. That's what happens. Not in the A-team, but in like every other thing, like people get shot. But it was so like gruesome and like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff where it's like someone just puts a gun to someone's head and pulls the trigger 
and it looks very real. And, you know, 20, 30 times of that in the first 15 minutes, that's a little much for me. And maybe I'm more sensitive right now, but I guess you are. Cause I'm going to let you know something right now, Joe. <laughs> okay. What? I watched this. Oh, you did? I did. I watched it think? right before I came over here and I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I think it's like the best action movie right now. Like if you haven't seen, you're like, I need some action. I need something. This is it, man. Extraction. It's super John Wicky, right? Yeah, I guess. It's totally, totally like that. It's like the the, the close-ups, the, 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 the headshots way, you know, it's super intense. They got that one 12-minute shot, right, up through the building, through the town. Yeah. 12 minutes, man, and it's choreographed so great. I can't believe you stopped watching this. It just started to bother me how violent it was. But that's and what it is, man. I know. Here's the thing. So the first 10 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, the most violent 10 minutes of cinema in history, right? That's a completely okay. different movie. Completely but, different but tone. That I felt like had a purpose, and this felt like it was just murder porn. It was just so, so much shooting. Like, I don't know. No, I, I hear you, but that's what it is. That's why I liked it. I guess I'm into murder porn. Yeah, apparently. probably. Now, here's the thing. It was directed by Sam Hargrave. So am I getting that right? Yeah, Hargrave. Yes. He's a stuntman that worked on all the Marvel movies, and this is his directorial debut, and this was written and produced by the Russo brothers. Yeah. The Marvel did, Golden Boys. Did the Avengers movies and stuff. And, of course, you got Thor in it, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. So, like, they obviously like the stunt guy. They're like, hey, let's make a movie. You know what? This is one of the few Netflix original movies that if I saw in the theater, I'd actually be glad that I did. You know, yeah. I'm always saying like this. If I was in the theater and I saw this Netflix movie, I'd be pissed. I right. would pay money to see this. I thought it was great. For me, and I'm pretty uh, open-minded, it was pretty... Uh, it's it, super violent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it bothered me so much the, the but night. But it's I cartoon it violence, man. It's not... Like, you're comparing yeah. it to Saving Private Ryan, which is, you know, from a real historical event, right? And Spielberg's trying to be as real as possible. This is from the Marvel guys. Yeah, you know what I mean? but, but it was gory. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, he pulls up one guy uh, of, out of a crashed car and like this giant like string of blood comes off, you know, and I'm like, I love those little touches, you well, know? You don't want to watch this while you're eating dinner or something. You got a weak stomach, I, man. I don't know, man. It just affected me in a weird way. I guess so. But I the, wanted to watch it because I was like, I... You knew you were going to do it, and I was like, wait a minute, I got to watch this because a friend of mine saw it, and he says, you got to check it out, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like I'm saying, if you just want some pure action right now, and you're just like, I just want to, you know, just super violent shoot 'em up movie, Extraction is for you. Yeah, I'll give you that, and I'll tell you what, you you make the call, because I, I just thought it was a little much. You have to know what you're getting into if you're going to watch it. Right. But I can't argue with you that it was not well done. Major headshots. Just like, <laughs> you know I, mean? I know, but yeah, I know, I know. Hey, this is where we disagree. Okay. Yeah. Obviously you're saying it's a purge. I'm saying it's a definite binge. I'm saying it's a know what you're getting into, but I'll tell you what, I'll defer to you on this. Okay. It, it is a good movie and I love the Russo brothers and uh, Joe Russo executive produced community. I don't know if you know that, which we'll talk about sometime. So, I mean, it's good. It's just, you just know what it is, okay? So we're going to say binge? 
Oh, I'm saying binge. All right. That is Extraction, a Netflix original movie streaming now. It is two hours. So the next thing is a little heavier. Yeah. Even than that. In a completely different way. Yeah. It is Amazon's new original series, Tales from the Loop. Now, I saw the trailer for this, and I was like, this looks interesting. This looks good, right? It plays itself off as an anthology, but it really isn't. It's really one long story. Eight episodes, an hour each. You're going to feel those. This thing is slow. Now, it stars Rebecca Hall and Jonathan Price. You can watch one episode if you want, but really, all these stories intermingle, and I feel like if you are going to watch it, you should start with episode one and just work your way through to the end because it does have a cohesive story, even though they're saying it isn't like that. Now, what's it about, you say? Come on, Demo, get to the point. What's it about, Demo? Come Thank on, you. get to the point. Thank you. This is based off the artwork of a Swedish artist named Simon Stalinhag. Okay, hold on for a second. Yeah. This came up the other night. Now, we should mention real quick, we got to be guests on uh, our friend Emily's uh, off-planet radio. Emily Moyer. Yeah, the Zoom chat thing. And we're not sure if, if that's available to watch uh, retroactively or not. Right. But we discussed this with a group for two hours. Yeah, and we didn't expect to. And the, the number one thing that I had to say was, dang, this was slow. And then I found out, oh, it's based on paintings. It's not even based on a book. It's based on a book of paintings. Uh, okay, it's based on several paintings, but it's like, oh, that's why there's so much cinema and not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of plot points. I mean, all of these stories could have been done. These should have been half hour episodes. They should have been half hour episodes. Yeah. They really should have. Now, the guy's artwork, I didn't realize till I was watching the show, I had seen a couple years ago. A friend of mine posted his stuff on Facebook, and she's like, Demo, you got to check these out. It's really cool. And it is. I mean, he, he makes stuff that looks like, you know, concept art for movies, and it's sort of like retro-futuristic where you have people looking, they live in, like, Kansas with, like, giant metal robots and stuff. It's sort of like Transformers, kind of, in, like, uh, Norman Rockwell. Now, did he do—this is a question for Jess— did he do the concept art for Baby Yoda because it looks exactly like his style? No. It does look like Ralph McQuarrie, the original concept oh, artist for you know Star Wars. Of course, of course he's, he's passed away, so he wouldn't be doing that. They have other you know, people at Lucasfilm that do that. But huh. you can see the influence of Ralph McQuarrie in this guy's work. Now, does it work as a show? That's the thing. The producers there, Matt Reeves, who's doing the new Batman, his company produced this show. All right? Okay. And they just optioned it off of the art. Then they go, okay, we got this book. Now we got to make a story with it. And this is what they gave us. And it's real intellectual. It's a little heavy handed, I thought. But it's got a lot of talent behind it. Jodie Foster directed an episode. Um, Andrew Stanton, who worked for Pixar, he directed one. Mark Romanek did the first episode. There's a lot of really good talent behind this. But I just think these episodes are too long and they're, they're, they're kind of bleak. They're downers. They are. You know? Yeah. And, and to just kind of summarize what it's about, there's a uh, underground Halon Collider uh, experiment called The Loop. Called The Loop. In this town called Mercer, Ohio. 
Yeah, so it's just a small town that has this weird uh, scientific experiment built underground, and it's set. It's hard to tell when it's set. I don't know. It's sort of years? a timeless thing. You figure like, is this the the sixties, the seventies? I don't know, but then it has like all these futuristic elements to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like watching her, where it's like, okay, it's a little bit in the future, maybe, but not that far where things look weird. Yeah. Well, I think the general theme of the show is about time, and it has a timeless vibe to it. So they they really don't want you to think like it's pre- present day or the past. They want you to think it's like it's an own world almost. Yeah. Well. They pulled it off really well. Now, I'm I'm not a sci-fi guy. This has been well documented. Yes. But I'm a story guy, and some of the stories in this thing, even though they're way too slow, are good. And it's yeah. got a little bit of Black Mirror meets Twilight Zone. You know what I would say? I'd say this is Amazon's intellectual attempt of uh, mixing Stranger Things with Dark. Yeah. There's a lot of elements of Dark in this, especially with how it deals with time. So if you like dark, this might pique your interest, but don't expect it to be as good as dark. If you like Stranger Things, this might pique your interest, but it ain't Stranger Things. It's sort of trying to be that, but it just misses the mark for me. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm still mixed on this. I feel like as I'm watching it, I'm like, God, this is just hard to get through. But it does have little payoffs, and I feel like when it's over... It sticks in your mind. Like, I have been thinking about it a lot. There's some kind of existential questions and stuff that, yeah, that make you think about things. And, like, isn't that what you want? If you're going to sit at home and watch eight hours of TV a day like all of us are It right is going to make you think for sure. Yeah. It's not lazy television at all. I will say this, though. It's a warning, okay? <laughs> this is just for me and other people that have problem with arachnids. Episode 2 prominently features a tarantula. So if you got problems with that, be prepared. Because I had no idea. And, you know, it gets a lot of camera time. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, really? Back to the tarantula? I want to enjoy this. So if you got a spider problem, here's a warning. All right? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, 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 as I'm saying this, I don't know what I think of it. But I'm on the cusp. Binge. <laughs> Binge. I was going to say, if you're right on the cusp, if it helps that I don't even really like this type of stuff and I thought it was good, does that push you over the Yeah, edge? that'll push me over. Okay. Just know that you're getting into something that's going to be slow and involving and don't expect some monster awesome payoff. It's a think piece. You're not going to sit there and watch two or three of these at a time. No. It's one every it's, couple it's, of nights. It's one every couple nights. Yeah. Absolutely. So okay. once again... Tales from the Loop, streaming on Amazon, binge. That thing seems to get longer every time. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we got to cut that down, right? That's we'll like find, a, that's a, it's an encore right there. We'll find another one. Um, okay, so you want to get even darker. Um, I've got a movie to review mm. that um, Let's was, get dark, Joe. It's tough, man. Maybe one of the hardest things I've ever watched. It was really, really sad. So this is a movie that was supposed to come out in theaters. And I think we were talking about this before. I think it might have come out in theaters for like a week before everyone uh, got sent home. It played in theaters for two weeks before the shutdown, making only $13.4 million. And now it's on VOD. It's on Amazon. It's on Fandango. It's on like 
everything. It just shows up. If you have a smart TV, it just shows up. I don't even remember what I rented it on. This is a uh, movie called The Way Back, starring Ben. Go ahead. Affleck. Sure. Right? <laughs> I'm going to go with Affleck. But yeah, this stars uh, Ben Affleck. It also stars Al Madrigal. And it stars uh, Matt Glaive, who I got to work with on a short one time and is a super cool guy. Matthew Glaive also has reoccurring roles on FX's Better Things and ABC's The Rookie. Two shows that I believe Demo actually enjoys. So this is about a guy who uh, kind of washes out in his uh, 30s. And uh, you can see why this hits close to home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he... he uh, becomes an alcoholic and he's a construction worker and um, he gets offered this coaching job at his old high school to coach the basketball team. And uh, because of that, he's forced to um, sort of clean up his act a little bit. Al Madrigal is the um, assistant coach. Uh, Matt Glaive is the like um, opposing, like their rival high schools coach. And then there's a bunch of kids in it that are awesome too. And we don't need to go through all their names probably, but it's about a guy trying to like get his life back together. And, uh, you know, we've said before, like sports is the way out for a lot of people. And even, uh, you know, as a coach, it was really hard to watch. So, um, it's sad, but, uh, if you want to know what, like some of those people go through, that's a good place to, uh, see a real, truthfully told story and you know i don't know too much about ben affleck or affleck or whatever we're going with i think he went through some of that stuff himself maybe at some point oh yeah recently yeah so the fact that he's playing someone who is going through that he sells it man i mean he he nails it it was so well acted the direction it kind of reminded me a little bit of friday night lights like there was some like a little bit of handheld camera and some like quick zooms and stuff that it just looked awesome. And it was so cool. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, man, it was, it was sad. It was tough, but, um, I'll, I'll get right to the point. It's a total binge, but be prepared to, uh, have a tough time watching it. I know nothing of it other than it stars Mr. Uh, Ben, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, I know he was playing an alcoholic, and it was really close to him because he just admitted, you know, he's an alcoholic. This was directed, by the way, by Gavin O'Connor, who also directed The Accountant, which was a severely underrated movie. I liked The Accountant. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, that was really good. So they've obviously worked together, and um, I just thought they knocked this thing out of the park, man. And it's too bad that... This is one of those movies that probably would have done really well, and uh, now it's just going to live on VOD for a few months, and and that's it. But that's why we're here, is to tell people about that type of stuff, right? So Yeah, there you go. Good job, Joe. Thanks. Uh, so, uh, did I hit the thing? I didn't yet. Binge. All right, back to me. Yep. I have something that I've been looking forward to for quite some time now. It was supposed to get a theatrical release. Obviously, that didn't happen. And then it was going to stream not much longer after that on Apple TV+. Plus. It is Beastie Boys Story. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the two surviving members of the Beastie Boys, Adam Horowitz and Michael Diamond, telling their story. Also known as? Ad-Rock and Mike D. Yeah. And the yeah. guy that died was uh, Adam Yaut, and uh, he was MCA. Yeah. yeah. And now there's, there's I should... Mix Master Mike, too. Don't forget about him. Of course. Now, I have to preface this. 
I'm a huge Beasties fan. I'm so happy to hear you say that. Why? <laughs> because a lot of people look down on that. Uh, really? Pers- Screw those people. The Beasties are great. They are, and they're they're musical. People don't realize, like, yeah, they're rapping and they're a lot of yelling and There's stuff. There's way more. They are way more than hip hop rap guys. Yes. Okay. They started out that way, and the, the doc gets into all of that, right? Thank you. They are true musicians. Okay, you wouldn't be around today. Granted, they had to, you know, stop when 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 Yauk died. But up until that point, man, they kept pushing the envelope for themselves, you know. And I think they they are an, a great example of something from the '80s that, like, you would sort of like, you know, oh come on, that was just you know frat boy rap, and they became something so much bigger than that. Now, this was directed yeah. by uh, Spike Jones, obviously, who did the sabotage video. I'm not super thrilled with the way it's done only because it's basically their book tour. They had a book come out a couple years ago called Beastie Boys Book. So they went on like a promotional tour, the two of them, and uh, did some, you know, stage performances talking about their history together. This is sort of that again. And it's kind of almost like a public access show at some times where they don't know what they're doing. There's some goofy moments and it seems kind of unprofessional. And I guess it could be, oh, it's kind of a joke and stuff. But I, I guess it could have been better produced or better made. Now, you do get a very good comprehensive history and it's from their perspective, which is good. But I do feel like it would have been cool to hear other people talk about them. You know, the people is in their lives. mostly just them? I haven't seen this it's yet. It's just the two of them and then tons of video and footage and interviews and everything. And they certainly talk about the relationships. They get into, you know, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin big time. But, like, how about their perspective? There was also a female member of the band early on. And uh, really? she got the boot. And they apologized for it. But I'm like, I'd like to hear her perspective. Her name is Kate Schellenbach. I guess I wanted a more comprehensive thing about people talking about them as well, not just the two of them talking about themselves and looking at footage and going, hey, that was funny, right? Or look at us. What were we thinking back then? So it was, pre- it was pretty narrow uh, content. It is. I mean, I guess I wanted a little more from it. I mean, they, they do get into how they created some of their music, obviously, which is, to me, the most important thing. And I will say the best part about it is uh, their tributes to MCA that's the true standout. That's the real emotion of it. I think the most honesty comes out when they're discussing him. But yeah. if you want something that's pretty comprehensive and fun, this is good. But I still don't believe it is the end-all, be-all Beastie Boys story that we could have gotten here. It's a little too playful and goofy for its own good. Let's interview Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin. What do they have yeah. to say? You know? Yeah, well, I I have not seen it yet. I do love the Beastie Boys, and I plan on watching it. What's your favorite Beastie Boys song? I don't have a favorite song. I have favorite albums. For me, it's Check Your Head. Okay. Now, that's for personal reasons. Now, I'll say Paul's Boutique is their masterpiece, even though it was a bomb at the time, and they certainly get into that. But for me, I really got back into the Beastie Boys with Check Your Head. Now, I obviously licensed to ill. Everybody in junior high was, like, obsessed with it. It was huge. Everyone had the cassettes. If you had a CD, yeah. you were cool, right? But that was <laughs> that was such a huge album that everybody loved. And then they sort of like the Beastie Boys. I blew them off. And it wasn't until college when I started listening to Check Your Head with my college friends that I was like, wow, these guys are great. And then they took it to a new level, and I've been like a fan ever since. 
I love uh, intergalactic planetary. Intergalactic. I'm not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I was for saying, like, you, dro- you can drop it. it in later. Since we're commenting on it, it's fair use. You can drop it in later. Well, that's great. I, I love them. You don't love the documentary itself so much, but is it worth watching? It's worth watching, especially if you love the Beasties. Who doesn't? Definitely yeah. watch it. They're so it's fun. It's two hours. Yeah, they're fun. And I mean, they're, they're, they seem, they're such likable guys. They come off very likable. And, you know, and they talk about, you know, we, we didn't want to be what we were in the 80s. You know, that wasn't us, but we wanted to be successful. So we went along with it. But then they're able to, like, you know, forge their own path and their own creative vision, which is great. I'm just saying there's no real edge to it. And I could have used more perspectives on them and the people in their lives. Yeah. It's two hours. That's also, a long doc. It's for a long two doc. People. It's a long doc for two people. And they're talking in front of an audience and like, you know, Spike Jones is in the booth and it's like, want me to cue that up? And it's like he cues it at the wrong time. And it's like, Spike, and put the teleprompter back to where it is. You know, it's like wink wink. And I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't really care about that stuff. Before I go, stay for the <laughs> end credits. There's like a good five to ten more minutes of stuff in the end credits that's great. Okay. So zero, zero, zero on the little time thing. Watch it to the very end. Again, that's Beastie Boys Story streaming now on Apple TV+. Plus. It's two hours. Worth it. It's a binge. Okay, so I'll recap real quick. Extraction, original Netflix movie. We reluctantly said binge. But you reluctantly said binge. <laughs> that's right. It's very violent. I vehemently said binge. Okay. So uh, that's on Netflix. Tales from the Loop on Amazon. We reluctantly said binge. <laughs> I reluctantly said binge. You or I also think it, reluctantly said yeah. binge. Yeah. But I mean, hey, we all got a lot of time on our hands. Uh, the Way Back, uh, Ben Affleck movie. Uh, that came out to VOD out of necessity. Uh, I said binge, but uh, that's, you know, make sure you don't have any plans after that because that's going to be a rough night, <laughs> which is a weird endorsement. Uh, and then finally, the Beastie Boys doc. What's it called again? Beastie Boys Story. Okay, and that's on? Apple TV+. Plus. And you said binge on that too. I did. Four Man. binges tonight. Wow, and I think we ag- agreed on most of it sort of yeah so, for the most part a weird episode um real quick i wanted to do a drive-by shooting of something which is this new netflix series too hot to handle i don't know it okay it pops up they try to make you watch it just when you log into netflix this is where they took like 12 models and uh, dressed them in bikinis and uh, the guys are in shorts and uh the, it's a reality show quote unquote mm. and uh the thing is they have to uh, not have sex with, with each other on this island and uh, whoever is the last to have sex gets a hundred grand so this is the dumbest freaking thing i've ever heard of now you <laughs> did you didn't you work in reality tv at never some point? i've never wait a minute that's not entirely true i did work a couple days on the amazing race okay so tell me if i'm wrong they they cook stuff Everything is cooked as much as they have to. I mean, unless it's something where um, it really just is blowing up and there's nothing they can do. They they will cook it as much as they have to. Everything. It's all produced. Just call it reality TV just means it's not scripted. But even then it is scripted. I'll just give you an example. For the Amazing Race, they were going to leave from the Santa Monica Pier and they had like eight Mercedes Benzes and they were going to race them out of there. Right. 
we did all the racing ourselves the day before. Okay. <laughs> and then when the contestants got there, they left in 25 minute intervals. But then, <laughs> right. you know, but then you put in the footage of us racing down ocean, which was great because the cops opened the street for us and they were like, the producer's like, well, don't speed, but speed. You're like, what? So we just like floored down ocean and like these like brand new Mercedes. It was one of the most fun <laughs> days I had working, really. I, I worked on a show where um, I had, and people can't see I'm using air quotes, I had 24 hours to write a song. Mm -hmm. And uh, we shot it over three days and about a month and a half apart from beginning to end. Right, sure. Because <laughs> exactly. they were like, if hey, if you don't write something, we're going to write it for you. So yeah. you pick. Anyway, uh, this show is a piece of garbage. And sure. here's the real problem I have with it. So, Demo, if you wanted to go to a uh, strip club, uh, I have no judgment of you for that because I think everyone kind of knows uh, everyone's on the same page at a strip club, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I don't like the uh, guys that go through the bikini barista places because I feel like they're not like not not everyone's on the same page there. I feel like it's different. A and bikini barista place? What do you mean, like a Hooters or something? What do you uh, mean? Even, okay, yeah, even a Hooters. Yeah, maybe they don't have those down here, but yeah, like something where like it's not. It's not clear really what's happening. and what Like this, they're selling TNA, but not selling TNA. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look, man, there's there's websites where you can get all the smut you want, if that's what you're into. There are? Oh, yeah. I'll show you some later. I got them in my favorites. But this show is like some middling, dishonest, over-sexualized stuff where it's like, uh, it's like, oh, guilty pleasure. It's like, either go look at porn or don't. I haven't got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. Okay. I don't know what what's that from. It's from the professional. Okay. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. This is some like, I just feel it's dishonest to to make this like soft core reality TV porn. Just watch regular porn or don't would be better. <laughs> But don't I, I don't want this popping up on my Netflix all the time. These are garbage people. Yeah, I yeah. want no part of it. No, I'll so, hit that button again, all oh, right? Oh, hold on. Um, not that we're going to review it, but uh, too hot to handle. Uh, you can screw off. <laughs> also, I wanted to mention real quick, we're cramming a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, we are, man. Um, Holy cow. The favorite thing I'm watching right now, and I think it might be your favorite too, is David Spade's Instagram channel. Yes, Absolutely. Now, Dang. here's the thing. I think we discussed this on previous episodes. His show was canceled, but he's still churning out five-minute little monologue jokes at his home, and it's all you really need of him. I, I'll be honest. I don't need the half-hour show. Five minutes of Spade is all I need a day, and it's great. You don't need J.B. Smoove comment. I, I just, I mean, <laughs> I, I get it. it also, they used to do bits early on in the show that were kind of fun. Then it just turned into just, okay, here's pa the panel. Here, panel. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not a big panel guy. He did do kind of a panel thing with Pete Holmes and Nikki Glaser that was hilarious just a couple days ago. Yeah, that's, those are fine. But I'm saying in terms of like the half hour show, look it, I watched it, was a big supporter of it, but I don't really miss it because I'm getting the spade that I need right there on Instagram when I want it, right? Every day he yeah. hits you with something funny. If you like David Spade, for the love of God, follow his Instagram. It's so good. To me, no one does Instagram better than him. No, and he's, you know, he's one of the last living Carson types. I mean, he puts, I think he puts Jimmy Fallon and some of these other guys to shame as far as how he does his monologues and how he hosts and interviews. 
He interviewed right. the Tiger King people. Right. He's just so good at that. There's a tradition with him. You know what I mean? He knows the old school ways. Yeah. And he's, you know, plays with the kids too. He's able to do a real mix of the old and the new. Anyway, obviously we both love David Spade. Yeah. And by the way, he's he's very apolitical, which is nice to like take a break from that type yep. of stuff. Just a little breather from it. We're not really reviewing that, but should we give it a binge anyway? Sure, why not? Joe, we got to get out of here, man. Okay, we are what, running I'm, way long. Hey, what, one what? last, one last quick thing to say. Oh my god! Now people make fun of me for being a huge Jersey Shore fan. You are. Yeah. You watch the Jersey Shore. I love it. I love oh, it. God. I watch no, it when no, it airs. No. I watch it when it airs. Mike, the situation. <sighs> Uh, had a really great uh, thing. He said, the comeback is always greater than the setback. And I hope that's true. <laughs> what do you want that on your grave? Yeah. Mike, the situation quotes. Yeah. The comeback is greater than the setback. I hope that's true for all of us is what I'm saying. I'm trying to end on something motivational here, Demo. And you're going to go with something from Jersey Shore? Yep. I haven't got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit. Okay. Now can right. we go home? Yeah, we can go. Okay. Joe, where can they find us? Spotify, uh, iHeart, Apple iTunes, uh, all these things. Just look up Binge or Purge. You'll find us uh, in a lot of places. YouTube. YouTube, yes, exactly. And no, we're not doing video yet, but uh, maybe someday soon. We're getting some new gear, so I don't, don't know. do that. If people saw the... I don't want to see me. <laughs> the reason we I do saying... this is because I don't want to <laughs> see me. Put yourself on video. I look horrible. <laughs> I don't want to see me. I don't want to go, go while I'm editing this shit. Go like, oh, look how horrible I look here. Ugh, I, I, I'm all about the content. Okay. I don't want to waste my time with how I look. I know you're, right? you're a purist. Okay. I am. Okay. Well, find us at any of those places. Also a uh, listen note. You can find us on there and uh, email binge or purge podcast at gmail.com. All the socials is uh, binge or purge. And uh, I think the Instagram is binge or purge podcast, but the rest of them at binge or purge. Get a hold of us. We like hearing from you guys. Yep. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram and Twitter at the Jessica Greer. Whoa, hold on. No, that's not correct. <laughs> My Instagram is actually at the Jesse Greer, and that's Jesse with a Y. Oh, and you can skip my Twitter. I literally never go on there. Oh, really? So let me get this straight. For the past 51 episodes we've done, we've been getting it wrong, and you haven't corrected us about this? I guess she doesn't listen, does she? Oh, I listen. Just not to you, Demo. I'm staying out of this. (sighs) Well, anyway, thanks, Jess. And that's it for this week. For Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binger Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.